Rupert McMahon, Chief Executive at the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association. Welcome to another edition of the Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association's My Bar Story. Throughout 2023, the CMBA will be hosting a series of podcasts that have created a living legacy in honor of our 150th anniversary. We'll be bringing you stories from the women and men within our bar membership who have truly made bar history. Now let's get started with another bar story. Well, hi, I'm Robin Wilson. I'm a litigation partner at Almer and Byrne, and I'm on the uh, Cleveland Metropolitan Bar Association's Board of Directors, and I'm also a fellow, and I'm a, a litigation partner at Almer. And I'm Rosemarie Fiore. I am a senior counsel with Ogletree Deacons here in Cleveland. I am also a member of the Board of Directors of the CMBA, and I am also a fellow. Well, I'm really glad that we're getting this opportunity to have this chat today. I can't think of anyone I'd rather have it with, Rosemary. Well, so. thank you, Robin. I feel the same way. Why did you choose to go into law? Were there any obstacles? Um, well, all that education was a little pesky. <laughs> <laughs> um, I chose to go into law because I actually enjoy solving problems. I, I'm very analytical, and I like the intellectual challenges that this profession requires. But also, it's part of my nature to support and encourage people when they're going through tough times. And that's sort of what I see my role as an advocate is to sort of help people navigate a difficult situation. And I find that very rewarding. Why did you choose to go into law? Well, this is actually my second career. So I was a journalist for 10 years before I went to law school. And as a journalist, I covered a lot of trials. And um, covering trials and as a journalist, you're basically more of a watcher. You're not really a participant. And I would sit in the courtroom and I would think, wow, I want to be up there. I want to be a, a prosecutor. I want to be litigating cases. So that's why I went to law school. I thought I wanted to be a prosecutor. And then I I went to law school. I, my first job was at a prosecutor's office, and I realized quite quickly that I was not the zealous prosecutor that the state of Ohio deserved. So I thought I'd better go into civil practice. And so, so that's what I did. Oh, that's really interesting. I didn't know you were a journalist. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, a oh, long, long time ago. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you first started your career? I think what I know now, which I wish I would have learned earlier, is how important it is to be confident in what you do. And I think that is a real problem that a lot of young lawyers, I don't want to say women lawyers, but young lawyers in general, and for me, since I'm a woman, I can talk from a woman's perspective. Because I was always so worried about getting it right, I sometimes came across or could come across as not being confident enough or sure of my position. And so I guess now looking back, and I'm so impressed with young women today and how, and young men too, just how confident they are and how articulate they are. And I don't really feel like I ever really had that kind of confidence early on. It took me a long time to get it. How about you? That's a really good answer because I feel the same way. And I, I know in my evaluations by, you know, senior partners over the years, people always told me you, you should be more confident because you, and it was the same thing. I just wanted to, I just know that I don't know everything. I, I, so I was just worried that I wouldn't get something right and it could come across as a lack of confidence. But, um, so I agree with you. I feel that same way. But I also, um, wish I had known that it's okay to take a non traditional career path or make a change mid career. I ended up doing those things, but I was so worried about them that, you know, things were going well and, you know, 
if you want to make a change, you should just do it and not worry about it because it's it's going to be okay and it'll all work out. And I, you know, if if something's going well, but you hate it, <laughs> you shouldn't keep doing it just because it's going well for you. So I, I've made changes like you probably, you know, it took some courage for you to leave one career and start another, but I've made changes throughout my career that I worried about more than I needed to. So I think I wish people would just do what they think is best at the time and not worry so much about it. I think that's so true. And I have watched your career. I've, I've been both a lawyer on the same side and maybe even on opposite sides of the case. And that shocks me that you never felt like you had confidence because I've always looked at you as such a confident lawyer, so good at what you do. And I've also watched the changes you've made along the way, like, you know, changing firms or just changing um, your direction. And I've done the same thing, you know, going from Thompson Hine to going to the Cuyahoga County Executive's Office um, it was a really big change for me. And I will say it was a difficult change for me, but I, it was like probably one of the most interesting areas of law being in, in government, in a government um, position, because you're so part of the community and you, it's such interesting law. So I hope that people, when they're thinking about their career paths, you know, private practice is great, but, you know, government practice is great too. And others, prosecutor's office, there's so many different areas, but you're right. You have to be, you can't worry about the decisions that you make and think, oh, I've just tanked my career. or I'm never going to be able to, you know, get back out and, you know, do what I think I want to do. Because your, your career is such a long runway. And if you just stop worrying about it and just kind of follow your gut, I think you're right. I think it turns out the way it's supposed to. And I really admire you. I remember when you left Thompson Hine, and I don't remember if you took a year off, but I remember you you left and you went to, um, it was the AG's office, right? Um, county executive. It was county executive. And I was thinking, wow, she was a partner at a big firm and she left and decided to do this. And I just really admired your confidence in that. And then you decided to make another change and you went to a pretty small firm and then ended up back at a big firm. So you really aren't, you know, we never really know how our paths are going to turn out. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I took like five days off between the two. So it was quite <laughs> a, a culture shock, I will say. But it was just so great. And it, I've so enjoyed that time, that five years that I was there. And um, But you're, you're right. It was just like a major, major change. And people worry so much about that. But, you know, things work out the way they're supposed to. So I agree. Yep. What what do you think about significant changes that have happened to the practice of law during your career? Do you, do you see a lot or For me the biggest one is the impact of technology. When I when I first started practicing law back in 1995, the internet was sort of new. <laughs> <laughs> and um, technology in the courtrooms, I remember using those big uh, Elmo things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and it was, you know, big trial technology to have a document blown up. And we would, like, have these yellow circles and carve-outs on things. And um, and there used to be books, and you would have to go to the library. And yeah. um, the way we do research is totally different now. There mm -hmm. aren't any books. Right. Um, and all those shepherds things and citations and things that I worried so much about as a younger lawyer are just don't exist anymore. It's just not an issue. And so I would say the impact of social media and technology is the biggest change that I've seen during my practice. And I think it's a good change. It's mm -hmm. it's just different and it's hard to get used to. And I also still like to have paper files 
and now everything seems to be electronic. Um, we don't keep paper files anymore, but I still like that, and I actually take notes on things. And I would just say one other big change that's rather recent is the impact of COVID, just doing everything virtually now. I take depositions virtually. There's a lot more remote work and remote court appearances, telephonic things. So, Yeah, I agree with all that. But I think the thing that stands out most to me, which was such a game changer, at least in my uh, practice, is getting the court docket and the ability to file electronically and not having to make all those copies and run to the courthouse by 4.30 every single day when you needed to file something. I think the fact that you can, you know, file, depending on, of course, the jurisdiction, that you can file electronically, you know, late in the evening and it'll still be, you know, still be uh, timely and just the ability to, you know, to serve electronically, that's just taken so much weight off of our legal assistants and, our you know, our mail people and just, you know, it's just so much so much more of a clean way to practice law. But I 100% agree with you that while we're pretty much paperless also, and 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 the county um, was was completely, I was surprised the county executive's office, uh, the law department was completely, you know, it was all electronic. I found that, um, I find that I still do um, at times want to see something in writing on paper. I just feel like black and white on the page oftentimes is, is easier. But I'm getting more, you know, more and more away from that. And um, but yeah, that's a that's a major change. I agree. What career accomplishment makes you most proud? Early on in my career, and I kind of give this as kind of an example to young lawyers coming coming up, that there was a partner at Thompson Hine and he wanted um and he needed assistance writing um, a law review article. And so I, I pretty much, you know, we co-wrote it together. I did a, a major part of the writing, but we co-wrote it together. And I had not been on law review in law school because I was editor of the gavel. So I didn't, one of the editors of the gavel. So I spent a lot of time with that. So I never, ha- I was never published. And so I worked really hard on that. And we um, we got the law review article published. And then I, we actually won an award for, for legal writing for this publication. It's called the Burton Award for Legal Achievement, Legal Writing. And as part of that, and it was really fun because I, if, as part of it, we got to go to D.C. And we were at the Library of Congress. Um, Chris Matthews, you know, awarded us this award. And and it's it was just something that was really fun. And I think just the fact that I always kind of felt like I wish I had had a law review article. I, you know, I wish I had been on law review. And, and so the fact that I did get published and then um, got, you know, rewarded for it was really fun. So I guess that's my my accomplishment. What was the title or topic of that article? Yeah. So the topic of it was in the very early ages, very early stages of electronics discovery and how people were um, basically not providing the discovery that they needed to do. And basically the law, the case law that was coming out about uh, spoliation of evidence, transitioning the costs of discovery onto um, the other party because of the volume of you know electronic discovery, and um, so it was basically about um, how the pitfalls and what can happen if you don't properly uh, respond to discovery. That's very interesting. I'm going to look it up and read it. Okay, I'll send it to you. <laughs> so, how about you? What about your accomplishments? Uh, when I, know I was there, are a lot. I yes, there were so many to choose from. <laughs> there are. You have your amazing. I'm just kidding. Actually, when I was thinking about this question, I, I was thinking about trial victories or successful appellate arguments or things that you may typically be um, 
proud of as an attorney. But the more I thought about it, I think what I found most satisfying and fulfilling in my career was the collaborative efforts that our profession in general, people who were doing real estate law during the foreclosure crisis that hit Cleveland really hard from 2008 to 2012. Um, I was, and that's how we met, Robin. We, uh, We were both representing banks in these foreclosure cases and class actions and predatory lending and all that. And courts were just flooded and the city was impacted and there were all these vacant homes. And there was a flurry of government programs and loan modifications, and our clients couldn't keep up with anything. And people were, you know, living in these homes and not wanting to move out. And the lawn wasn't, or they were abandoning the homes. And, you know, they, what were they called? Zombie properties. And the, the lawns weren't being mowed. And we're trying to do litigation as normal, but at some point, it was so overwhelming, and there were all these foreclosure magistrates and backlogs of cases, and it seemed like everybody sort of just put all that aside and and tried to work together. And I'm talking about plaintiffs' lawyers, banks' lawyers, judges, city officials, the government. There were recovery funds that I was trying to figure out how to get access to for these people to pay their mortgage. And I was very impressed with how we all sort of just tried to do what was right to get through it. And it and we we were still being advocates, but everybody was a little more tolerant of each other because we were all going through this at the same time and trying to do what was best for everybody. And it certainly wasn't perfect, <laughs> but I found it to be very rewarding how everybody worked together and tried to find creative solutions and good resources for people. And I had less of an adversarial relationship with opposing attorneys and um, the clients seemed to be working well together. And I thought that was a much better approach than just regular advocacy and litigation. And, And I've used that since then to think of creative solutions to legal problems and um, focus more on alternative dispute resolution. And I. it makes me think about our role as not only as zealous advocate, but sometimes as a counselor mm-hmm. to just help people through these problems and navigate difficult issues. So um, that time frame and how the legal community responded uh, is is what I'm most proud of. Yeah, it was, it was really quite a time. And I, I remember it was a very, very difficult time for borrowers for banks for the city it was really a tough time and um yeah and I, I I do remember that's when we met and I was really impressed with how you were handling your your cases and such a time career obstacles career obstacles and how you got through them I think my greatest obstacle was um trying to juggle the work-life balance I I, I do think it was and um I think it was always feeling like I wasn't giving enough like to my work and also then not giving enough to my home at the same time or my son at the same time or even my husband at the same time. So it's, you know, it's such a law is such a demanding career. It's the best career out there. I think I would, I'm so happy I'm a lawyer. I can't, can't imagine not being, but because you really pretty much, you don't, it's not a job. It's pretty much who you are. So like you're, you're always being a lawyer, like, you know, you don't have a starting time or a stopping time. You don't really have a vacation. You take time off, and but you're really still kind of working, you know, you try to get away. But I think it's just juggling it all. And um, 
trying not to be so like guilty with my own time because I love what I do so much. I could like bury myself at work, but then I feel like that's not really fair to like my family. So I guess that's probably the biggest obstacle I would say is just trying to take the guilt out of the equation. Yes. How about you? Well, I think along the same lines, I think burnout was probably my, my biggest challenge. I, I can't remember how many times I burned out, <laughs> but then I, I got past it. I started at Jones Day. I was starting to feel burned out there. Then I went to Han Lozier Park, started to feel burned out there. And I think maybe it's that balance. There's just so much to do in this mm-hmm. profession. You can never like finish all your work and go home for the day. It's just you work as much as you can, and then you eat and sleep and start working again. And I think the technology, too, be- you become accessible 24 hours a day. And so you do have to think about your boundaries and stay focused on on that balance. And then, yeah, don't lose your love for the profession either, because I think if we remember why we were doing this in the first place, um, we can stay focused. How have you leveraged the Bar Association to help your career? Well, you know, I've always been involved at this with the CMBA. I was on the uh, Young Lawyers Council right out of law school. But I have to really admit that it, it it took me a long time as I went through my career to really recognize the value of the CMBA to me and also the importance of it to me. Because, you know, the more involved I got through the years and the more people I met, the more part of the profession that I felt. And I think, you know, that our CMBA does such a great job of bringing lawyers together. And there's so many great ideas and the the, the leadership of the, of the bar association is just so phenomenal. But, you know, I've been, um, you know, I've, I've kind of been on and off. I, I was actually on, on the um, board of directors for like an interim period when someone had to step off like earlier on in my career. And now I'm I'm on for a full term, and it's just been such a valuable part of my of my practice. I, I love doing the mock trial stuff. I love, um, you know, being on the board. I love trying to give back, and um, and I love the networking events, and and I just make, you know, I've made some really good friends through it. How about with you? I agree. I'm so impressed with this organization, and of all the the career changes I've made, the CMBA has been a constant in my career, professional, social. I've always went to the events. I was always impressed by the CLEs and the quality. And I've gotten an opportunity to present and write articles for the Bar Journal, which I I think that's a great publication that the CMBA puts out every month. And it gives local lawyers an opportunity to write and get published and to speak. There's great institutes. I was really involved in the Real Estate Law Institute that the CMBA puts on every year. I was the chair of that institute. And it's it's really impressive group of people who put this on every year. And so many real estate lawyers in the community look forward to this institute from this CMBA to keep them knowledgeable about the developments in real estate law. And then the same thing with the social events. It's just a great way to network with other professionals. It's always been kind of laid back and easy and fun. And then when I became a board member, I am so impressed with how well managed this organization is. And all the programs are just very impressive. And there's there's a real effort to keep it one of the top uh, bar associations in the country. And it's been a go-to for me for um, 
charitable things. I, I don't have to think twice about supporting charitable events of the CMBA. It's it's just great pro bono, free advice clinics, mock trial, everything that that the CMBA and the CMBF supports are, are great uh, programs that I am happy to be involved with. And when you think about it, it's, you know, we're celebrating, this bar is celebrating 150 years. That's pretty, that's a pretty amazing run. And hopefully it'll be uh, many, 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 many more years. Yes, I agree. It, it's been great talking with you about the Bar Association and your career, and I wish you all the best. Uh, and I, I feel the same about you. I hope we can uh, have a cup of coffee or a glass of wine sometimes. Yes, soon. that sounds great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you for joining us for today's My Bar Story. To hear other bar stories or to check out any of the CMBA's other podcasts, please go to Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You can also go to our website at clemetrobar.org forward slash podcast. We hope you listen again soon.